As we've studied the story of Judas and Peter, we've seen that both of these disciples failed Jesus in very big ways. But one thing we need to look at is not just how their story started, but how their stories ended. Because after their betrayals, both men were presented with a choice. One chose life and one chose death. First, there's Peter, the disciple who loved Jesus so much, the disciple who pledged to never let Jesus down. And he ends up denying him three times, three times when Jesus needed him the most, Peter says. I don't even know who that guy is. And Peter, when he realizes this, he weeps and his heart is broken. He mourns over his failure. He mourns over his sin. I'm sure he remembered what Jesus said on the Sermon of the Mount. Blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. Peter goes through a season of depression after what happened. He retreats, isolates himself, goes back to his fishing boat. But then he hears that Jesus has risen from the dead and he rushes to the tomb. He's one of the first people there. And he encounters the risen Jesus. And there's a scene soon after that where Peter and the other disciples and Jesus who's risen from the dead are sitting around a fire and Jesus has prepared fish for his disciples to eat. He's prepared them breakfast even though they just abandoned him. He's presenting them with this feast of mercy and grace. And Jesus looks at Peter and says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, you know I do, Jesus. And Jesus says, then feed my sheep. See, Peter was fully accepting of the message of Jesus. Peter accepted forgiveness. He accepted redemption. He accepted that there was nothing he could do to earn favor with God. He already had it. And yes, he was horrified at his sin. Yes, he was down because of his sin. But when he encounters Jesus, all of that fades away. And he realizes his calling. He realizes who he was made to be. He realizes that even though he's messed up so many times, Jesus is there to forgive and he's there to give him purpose. Calling, feed my sheep, Peter. And he does. He goes on to lead the church. Yes, he fell, but he got back up. Judas's experience starts out very similar to Peter's when he realizes what he's done, that he sold out Jesus, his friend, his companion, his rabbi, his master, his teacher. When he realizes what he's done, that he sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver, he's devastated by a sin. He thinks to himself, what have I done? What have I done? But Judas does not choose forgiveness or repentance or redemption. Instead, Judas feels like what he did was beyond God's forgiveness. And so he goes to a field 
and he hangs himself on a tree. He commits suicide. He ends his life because in his mind, he was beyond saving. This is the great tragedy of the story of Judas. Judas died on a tree, but he didn't have to because someone else already died on a tree for him. When Jesus was on the cross, what he was saying, when he said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do, he wasn't just talking about the Roman guards. He wasn't just talking about the angry crowds. He was talking about Judas. Jesus on the cross was saying to Judas, I forgive you. Yes, you betrayed me, but this doesn't have to be the end. I do this for you. I do this for anyone who has betrayed me, anyone who has forsaken me. No one is too far gone. No one is the worst of the worst. I am laying my life down for my enemies so that they could become my friends. But Judas did not accept the message of Jesus. He thought that his sin was unforgivable. I wish he would have realized that the only sin that God can't forgive is the ultimate rejection of Jesus. For us to die with no faith in Jesus See, Jesus could and would have forgiven Judas. If Judas would have come to Jesus and said, Jesus, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for what I've done. Please forgive me. Jesus would have forgiven him because his love and his forgiveness and his mercy and grace are that big. God often uses what Satan means for evil for good. And I think that Judas could have been the ultimate example of God's forgiveness over our sin. I think that if Judas would have come to Jesus and come to the other disciples, they would have welcomed him with open arms. I mean, think about Paul, the apostle Paul, before he was Paul, was the Pharisee Saul who went around killing Christians and yet he was redeemed. Judas could have been used in such an amazing way. But instead, he chose to believe the lies of Satan. Judas kissed the door to heaven, and yet he still went to hell. It's a tragic story. But it's one that I don't want anyone else to face. I don't want anyone else listening to this to have to go through what Judas went through. Maybe you're listening and you feel as if you betrayed Jesus. You feel as if you've let him down. You feel as if what you've done is so far gone. It's so irredeemable that nothing can save you. Jesus died for all, for Judas, for you. He died to redeem you, to purchase you with the price of his blood, to rescue you from the punishment that you deserve, to deliver you 
from sin and into the arms of God. Don't be a prisoner to your past. Learn from your mistakes. Realize there's nothing you can do to separate yourself from his love. Learn from Peter. When you sink, let Jesus lift you back up. Learn from Judas. Not allowing Jesus to deal with your sin will destroy you. It'll deafen your ears to the Holy Spirit. Remember, no failure is beyond his redemption. Jesus has such a remarkable plan for you. Don't let your sin keep you down. Instead, get up, keep believing, keep trusting, keep walking. He loves you so, so much. No sin is too big. No betrayal is too horrible for the love and grace and mercy and forgiveness of Jesus. It is his joy to rescue sinners. It is his joy to save the lost. It's his joy to take those who think that they're unsavable and to prove to them how mighty he is to save. Let him do that in your life today. I love you guys. Until next time, we'll talk soon.